Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're well. Last week was another eventful week in the world of finances, um, specifically around the Bank of England, again, increasing interest rates. Um, I'm going to provide a little bit of commentary around that. I'm also going to speak about it from a positive point of view, because there is a positive to this happening and signpost to a few accounts that I think that maybe people might find useful if you are a saver. Uh, savers for the longest time have um, had to deal with low interest rates, barely getting anything on their savings account as a return. And the positive side of interest rates increasing is that now we have some very good savings accounts available. Um, I will also talk about the flip side, which is, you know, the fear that it currently exists around mortgage rates and the impact that that is going to have. Um, I'm going to break down some numbers, really. So as always, I'm going to try and be as helpful as possible. I have one ask from you, the listener. If you do find this useful, please do share it with someone that you feel may also benefit from this. So let's start off with the interest rate rise. Okay, so it was the highest in 33 years. We haven't seen anything like this in a very, very, very long time. And if you're following me on YouTube, I've spent, you know, the last three weeks, maybe doing more regular live videos where I comment on what's going on and try to make it make sense from a practical world point of view. And what we're seeing with the interest rate rise now is a concerted effort by the Bank of England to take more drastic efforts in bringing down inflation to the 2% target. Now, whether it's going to work is yet to be seen. So far, it hasn't worked. We're still at 10.1% when it comes to inflation. So uh, whilst I'm a little sceptical, I think we've got to have faith in the economists and essentially the logic behind what they're doing. I have all of my fingers crossed, if I'm completely honest. Um, alongside that, obviously, we still need to hear from the government, Rishi Sunak, Jeremy Hunt, around what's coming down the track on November 17th when it comes to the autumn statement. Um, there is a massive hole for them to fill, about 50 to 62 billion pounds. And that's going to come again in form of spending cuts and tax hikes. We covered that a couple of weeks ago on the episode. But this interest rate rise has been an interesting one. It follows really commentary from the Fed, the Fed said maybe about two and a half weeks ago that they felt that they hadn't done enough to co combat inflation in the United States. And it's funny how the Bank of England tends to follow suit when language like that is is proclaimed in the States. And very shortly after that, in fact, literally a few days after that, and I did a live about this on YouTube, Andrew Bailey kind of used the same phrase, same collection of words to signal that there was going to be a bigger increase in the interest rates. Now, interestingly, when you look at the interest rate um, hike that we've seen this year, so the first one was in December, it was 0.15%. Then we saw four, I believe, of 0.25%, two of a half percent. Now, this one is at 0.75%. And interestingly, and I did a video on this on YouTube, if you've not listened to, to come, uh, watch the YouTube video on, on Friday, you should definitely go and have a look at it. I share with you a graph from the Bank of England around the interest rate rise and how steep it's been. It's actually been parabolic. It's like a cliff edge, basically, but going up. And that is what's going to have the biggest impact 
on you and I, consumers on the street, because typically what tends to happen with monetary policy is they will signpost it. So they will say that there are some changes coming along and then they introduce those changes over a protracted period of time. What we've seen this year is we've seen a number of increases to the interest rate within a very, very retracted period of time. So within a short space of time. And typically they would try to ignore doing that. But with inflation running rampant, with energy prices being as high as they are, fuel prices, food prices also increasing, they've had no choice but to push interest rates up in the hope that it will combat inflation. Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because in a low interest rate environment, it's very, very easy for us to go and acquire debt. So things like personal loans, credit cards, car finance, mortgages, business loans. All of these things become extremely cheap when interest rates are very, very low. And the downside of that of that is, well, when you get into situations like this where you see a reversal in monetary policy, so a reversal in the interest rates, and it just so happens to be a parabolic move like what we're seeing at the moment with the interest rates here in the UK, what we find is in the reality, in the real world, people have taken out car finance, personal loans, all of these debts, credit cards, all of these debts automatically now have to consider how they're going to cope with just not the cost of energy. We're going to talk about that. The cost of food, mortgages potentially increasing and also rents increasing as a byproduct of interest rates of mortgages increasing. Now they have to consider how they're going to continue to service the existing debt that they have. It's something that we used to call the debt bubble. And previously, you would never want to get to the point where you would in in increase interest rates so quickly that you could risk the debt bubble basically bursting. And that's one of the big fears that really isn't being spoken about too much at this point in time, because frankly, that just feels like there are bigger fish to fry um, from an economic point of view right now. And it's interesting hearing some of the conversations and analysis from economists in terms of what extent the central bank, so the Fed in the United States and the Bank of England here in the UK being the most important one, the extent to which they are willing to go in order to combat inflation. And this this is a phraseology that they use. They said they will tighten and continue to push until they feel as though something is going to break. So in other words, they're going to continue with increase in interest rates until there is a real risk that they break something. And that should, for many people, be slightly worrying because at what point do you get to that position where you recognize, okay, if we go any further, something's going to break. And the most important question is, what might break exactly? Debt bubble? Who knows? There are, uh, there are a number of, of different scenarios that we could be faced with here. So that's the situation with the interest rate rises right now. Now, obviously, on the flip side, the, the negative side, let's start there first, mortgage rates. So we've not seen mortgage rates move, well, fixed rate mortgage rates move currently off the back of the 0.75% increase that we saw last week. If you're on a tracker, a standard variable, you would have had a notification through in the post well, email, literally within a few hours of that news going out to say that your payments have increased. And I know that there are a number of um, 
listeners to the podcast who messaged me saying, look, my my payments have gone up yet again for the ninth time this year. And so if you're fixed, you're okay. If you're on a tracker, standard variable, or anything where, you know, you're you're depending on the base rate, you will see that move. And again, I have to reiterate, if you can, now would probably be the time, if you haven't already done it, to start considering fixed rate mortgages. Now, the other side to the mortgage equation here is that there are 2 million mortgages that are going to be coming off their fixed rates next year. And with that, there is a there is a huge concern that there will be a massive amount of defaults, which will be bad for banks, will be bad for the stock market, will be bad for the economy. It will just be, It's just going to be bad all around. And um, there is a forecast that unemployment is going to rise as well next year by, you know, up to about 6%, which was numbers that we haven't seen since 2007, 2008. You know, we're, we're being warned that we're going entering into the longest recession in our history. The Bank of England are forecasting four consecutive quarters of recession. So this is going to last us pretty much all the way through 2023, possibly into 2024, assuming their predictions are right, their forecasts are right. But these kind of things is sometimes pie in the sky. It's dependent on a number of different variables that we don't have 100% control over. So there is a big concern at the moment over mortgages. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news, Richie Sunak has said that he is going to do everything that he can to try and protect mortgage holders from ridiculous interest rate rises. Now, how he's going to go about doing that, I'm not actually too sure. There are a number of mechanisms that they could use. They could just say to the banks, look, you cannot increase mortgage rates beyond this point. And then they have to find some mechanism within, I guess, tax rebates or incentives for banks to be able to give them the coverage for the money that they lose. We don't know what that is going to look like. It may not even be in the budget on November 17th, but it's something that Rishi Sunak has publicly said he's aware of and has publicly said that he will take a look at. Now, obviously, he can't save everyone. He can't uh, come up with a policy that is going to please 100% of mortgage holders. So what that sh- what shape it comes in, we don't yet know. But those are just some of the challenges. Now, let's talk about maybe some of the the positive sides to this, if there is one, um, trying to find a silver lining. Um, savings rates. Savings rates are going to going to be very attractive now, or at least more attractive than what they have been over the past, you know, 10, 15 years where we've seen really, really low interest rates. And if you're a saver right now, there are going to be some very, very good options for you to place your money in. Um, I don't need to point out the elephant in the room that yes, obviously, if inflation is at 10.1%, and you're getting 5%, 4% on a savings account, you're still losing money. Yes, you are. But let's forget that for the moment and just focus on, you know, the accounts that are available for you right now on the high street. And there are some very, very attractive accounts that are available to you. And so I thought it might be worthwhile just to maybe just give a few examples of that, but also try and maybe outline how these accounts actually work. So there are different types, essentially. You've got obviously easy access or instant access, current uh, accounts, savings accounts. They might be linked to your current account, as an example. Um, Those are great because there'll be instant access. Great place maybe for your emergency fund if you have one or you're looking to build one. And it just means that you're not paying any penalties. The other type of uh, savings account that you might have is you might have a notice account. So a notice account will be one where you're going to be able to put money into this thing, but you've got to give a month, two months, three months, 
whatever the notice period is in order to get your money out. So in this example, if you did put your emergency fund in there, you kind of need to be able to preempt what you're going to need in terms of like cash, right? And if it is an emergency fund that you're using for your emergencies, well, an emergency is never going to give you kind of for forewarning, uh, if you will. So you've got to kind of be aware of that. But all is not lost. In a notice account, you can still access the money. It just means that typically you're going to give up some interest. So typically it's about 90 days worth of interest that will be calculated pro rata. Um, so you can still access your money, but you're going to have a penalty on interest. Um, which is worthwhile noting. The third type of account will be fixed term accounts. Now with fixed term accounts, they will be fixed for one, two, maybe three, or even four years, depending on how long you want to fix your money in. I mean, is it worthwhile fixing your your savings for three years, four years? Some people will argue maybe not, especially if we're going to continue to see interest rate rises probably won't be worth it because if interest rate continue to rise then you might fix into something for you know three four years that might offer a better rate the minute interest rates continue to rise and that's going to be the same really for one or two year fixed rates to be honest um, but if you do want to just be able to park some money somewhere with the peace of mind that you're going to get an x as a return then a fixed term account could be worthwhile. The caveat with a fixed term account is you can't access it until the end of the period. So for example, if you went for a one year fixed rate, it is locked in for one year. You can't break it. Those are the terms and conditions. It's got to be parked and, and let in there. And a lot of them will not give you the um, option of paying a a penalty to access your cash. So that's worthwhile just knowing. But what I thought I'd do in this episode is maybe just run you through a few accounts that um, are the best at the moment in terms of savings accounts that are linked to your current account. So if you're with Barclays, uh, Barclays have a really, really good one. They have the Barclays Blue Rewards, uh, which is what they call in a rainy day saver. So it could be really, really good for your uh, emergency fund. And with this one, um, it's actually offering an interest rate of 5.12%. It's pretty good, over 5%. We've not seen this for a very, very long time. The maximum um, savings interest, well, the maximum amount you can have in there essentially is £5,000. That's the max you can actually have in. It's easy withdrawal, so instant access. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really good account that you can actually have. Um, which is linked to your current account, essentially. So that is the Barclays Savior City. You can actually earn 5.12% well, up on up to £5,000 if you have a Barclays current account with Blue Rewards. So you have to have the Blue Rewards current account with Barclays to actually be able to open this account. Um, there is a monthly fee of £5. Um, and it's also saying here, there are some terms and conditions around that. So make sure you go and check that. It says here, but that's been wiped out if you pay out two direct debits each month. So there's a £5 fee, but if you have two direct, two direct debits going out from the account, then you don't pay that monthly fee altogether. So worthwhile checking out. Um, I haven't got a link to this, but I'm sure if you just pop into Google, uh, Barclays Blue Rewards Rainy Day Saver, that will basically come up as well. The next one is from nationwide which is a flex direct which is a five percent account so again this is actually linked to their current account as well um, so the interest rate on this is five percent um, 
1,500 is the max you can actually have in there. You can have multiple accounts. You can have one for you um, as a personal as a personal account. You could also have a joint account with your partner as well. Um, so that's also worthwhile bearing in mind. I know Nationwide, I used to work for Nationwide back, back, back in the day. Um, they are a building society. They're not a traditional bank. So they are run for the benefits of their of their their, of their of their customers essentially their mutual be, uh, building society so that's also worthwhile bearing on there but again if you type in nationwide flex direct five percent you'll find that there there is an account from hsbc which is an online bonus saver which is three percent now with this one uh maximum that you can pay in is ten thousand pounds you can make withdrawals from this, um, but what it says here is that your interest rate is cut for that month. So let's just say, for example, you had £10,000 in to the account, you put in a lump sum, and let's just say in December, you had to take £2,000 out because, you know, Christmas and all that kind of stuff, right? It just means you won't get the equivalent interest for that month. This is only available online, so worthwhile bearing in mind as well um, again there'll be terms and conditions on this so make sure that you go and check that out but that is with hsbc it is an online saver the hsbc online bonus saver at three percent there is one more that i'm going to mention this is where we start getting like really really low interest rates even with you know the bank rate being at three percent right now we have a virgin money m plus account 2.02 percent um so that's an m plus current account um and again the maximum on here um is a thousand pounds plus another 25,000 in a linked saver. So you need to have a savings account linked to this as well. Again, this is only available online. So that's the Virgin Money M Plus. I was gonna add one more onto this, and this is one that I've actually covered on the YouTube channel. And this is not necessarily um, a traditional savings account which has a, an interest rate, but what it does do is it is a prize, um, prize account. So basically with this account with Chip, what they've done is they've said, look, if you put money with us, and a post store is giving you an interest rate, kind of like the uh, premium bonds, NSNI, right? What they basically do is they enter you into a draw. So every month, the, the maximum prize that you could win if you have money in this account is £10,000. Now, how this works is the more you put in, the more entries you have into the draw. So I believe with the prize savings account, um, every hundred pounds is essentially a ticket. So if you have 10,000 pounds in there, just work it out, you have a thousand tickets, a thousand entries into this draw. And every single month, you could win up to 10,000 pounds. There are smaller prizes that are also available, but it's very, very similar to the NSNI premium bonds where you essentially get entered into a monthly draw and you can win 25 pounds here, 50 pounds there, 100 pounds there, but only this one's got a really, really big um, sort of uh, monthly draw of 10,000 pounds. Obviously, with NSNI, you can win up to a million, but you really need to be having the max in the NSI premium bonds to be in the chance to actually win that million. The same kind of applies here. So it's not necessarily a traditional savings account, but it is a little something different um, that you can maybe pop some money into. Because bearing in mind, a lot of these accounts, and this will work very, very well for you if you have quite a bit of cash lying around right now. So for example, with the Barclays account that we spoke about earlier, what the maximum you could pay in is 5,000 pounds. So you might decide you wanna put five grand there, but if you had 10 grand, you might put 10,000 pounds into this chip account, right? So 
it really depends on how you want to structure things. What I wanted to do with this is obviously just talk about the interest rates and the implications, but also give you some, I guess, some tools and some accounts that you can actually have a look at. I don't have a link to any of the accounts apart from the chip account. I will leave that in the show notes. Go check it out. It's really, really cool. Um, and I think for, for a lot of people, it will be useful. I'm actually going to be opening one of the chip ones as well, because I've got some cash lying around right now. And uh, well, I've never won anything in my life, let alone a lottery ticket. But who knows? If you're, if I get entered into a draw and I win hundred pounds or hundred and fifty pounds or even twenty five pounds, fifty pounds, that's still a decent return on a monthly basis. And again, you get entered every single month. There are, are terms and conditions for that account with Chip as well. Um, one of the ones that I do remember is that you have to have had your money in the account at the end of the month because they look at your balances from the first, the first of the month to the thirty first of the month. That's when they look at it. So if you move money out you basically forego that month's uh, entry into the prize draw. So again, please go read the terms and conditions to make sure it's the right one for you, but I will link it down below. Um, I would be really appreciative again if you just share this with anyone that you think might find this useful. And I would love to know from you guys, I've been running polls across the YouTube channel in the community tab around how people are feeling. Um, I ran one literally this past weekend asking people whether they're worried about... Um, the cost of living crisis and increasing costs all around them. And actually the, the the feedback and the response that we've essentially seen from it has actually been quite surprising. Um, there are a lot of people who are worried about what's happening and how they're essentially going to cope, which I, I guess really shouldn't be a surprise because we are walking into some really uncertain territory come next year. I mean, I did say that I will mention... Um, some of the increases. And I think that's actually probably pertinent for me to do before I round this off. So the average um, cost of mortgage increases as interest rates continue to rise. And again, they are going to continue to rise. Going back to the point that I made that they're going to continue with monetary policy until they believe that they're going to break something. The average mortgage they're saying is going to rise by £3,000 a year. That's £250 per month. If you then Add on to that the fact that in April, depending on what happens with wholesale prices on the energy market, the typical the typical household in the UK may see their energy bills increase to 4,500 if the 74% increase that is already being forecast actually happens. Now, if that is the case at 4,500 for a typical household, that's a lot of money when you divide it down into a monthly payment. That's around about £375. Now, let's just not look at the, the worst case scenario. Average household bills at the moment, the cap that Liz Trust was, was thinking of bringing in was £2,500. But even at £2,500, that's two, it's still £208 a month. So when you add £208 with £250, that's £458 per month that average households are going to have to find extra. If you are renting we're seeing that landlords are trying to pass on rents to their tenants. And I think it's really important just to know, if you are renting, you do have rights. Your, your landlord just can't increase your rent mid your rental rental agreement, especially if you sign for a 12 month. They just can't, they can't do that. They need to give you notice and you have to agree to the rent increase. They just can't increase it by 100 quid, 200 quid. They, they're not really allowed to do that. So if you are renting, please know your rights. 
But I say that to say this, it's going to be really, really difficult and, and, and people are going to struggle. And in the polls, 74% of people said that they are really, really worried about the increasing cost of things. And this is going to continue into next year. So again, it's all about the basic stuff that we've been speaking about on this podcast for the last two years and 11 months. It is really taking control of your financial situation, taking ownership and being as pragmatic and proactive as possible when it comes to your finances. I would love to know what you guys think. You know, you can reach me on Instagram and you can send me messages there, but I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you found it useful. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.